What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Another Friday, another Why Are We Bullish? Uh, we've got all new guests this week. First time on the show for all of them, although I've uh, interacted with them in uh, different capacities, both in, uh, depending on who it is, meet space and online. Uh, but a very Excited to have all these gentlemen here. Um, hope you guys are having a good week as well. Now, as always, this is live. Anything can happen. I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. If you have not already, please do like, subscribe, share, all those things, super important. They really do help to get the show in front of more eyeballs. And as always, I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin. Before we bring in our guests, let's take a look at where we are in the market right now. Uh, single coin, 38,544 US dollars. A single US dollar will pick you up 2,594 sats. 90.6% of all Bitcoin have been mined. And in terms of fees, it looks like six sats per byte for the next block. And if you're willing to wait an hour, one sat per byte should do you. So not so bad. We've seen uh, some tips upwards in, in the fees in the mempool uh, the last little bit, but uh, it always seems to settle back down. Oh, up to 10 sats per byte. Ooh. <laughs> uh, other than that, shout out to sponsors of the show, shakepay.com. If you're in Canada and you're buying Bitcoin, super easy way to do it. E-transfer is in and out, no fees involved with that. Uh, thin spread. On top of that, if you sign up with the link down below and you purchase your first 100 bucks worth of Bitcoin, they'll give you 30 bucks for free. You get the same deal if you recommend to your friends and family, and then you can shake your phone every single day for free sats. They've also got their sats back Visa card. Check them out in the links down below. Uh, Lend.io, you can use your Bitcoin for a ton of different services. In particular, if you're in a pinch and you need dollars, but you don't want to sell your Bitcoin, well, you can deposit Bitcoin here, get a loan of dollars to your bank account within 24 hours. You pay back those dollars, you get back the same amount of Bitcoin. Uh, they also have savings accounts for Bitcoin and USDC. They've got their B2X offering and they're starting to offer Bitcoin backed mortgages. So keep an eye out. Links are below. BitRefill helps a ton when it comes to living on Bitcoin in more ways than one now. Number one, you can pick up any gift card your little heart desires in a ton of different countries and you can pay with Bitcoin, both on-chain and Lightning Network. You earn sats back as you shop and you can earn even more sats back with the referral program. Uh, but now they're starting to roll out bill payments in the US. Uh, so all of you that are in the US that maybe have been jealous of me using bull Bitcoin to pay my bills with Bitcoin, uh, looks like you may have a, a, a good contender down there south of the border. So check them out. Links are down below as well. Keystone, one of my favorite most used hardware wallets, 100% air-gapped. You never plug it into anything internet connected. Everything's done offline via QR code. And that keeps the keys to your money safe and away from internet connections. Uh, definitely upgrade to the Bitcoin-only firmware. And it works great with Blue Wallet, Sparrow, Spectre. Awesome in a multi-sig. I've done a full tutorial on it. Check it out. Links are below. And finally, if you're backing up any important Bitcoin wallet, get it in solid steel, friends. Paper doesn't cut it. Uh, I use the bill fodder over at privacypros.io. And um, yeah, you know, fire damage, water damage, the gamut. Uh, get that peace of mind. This is how I do it. So check them out. And enough of my rambling here. Let me 
bring in my guests here. We've got uh, Alex, we've got Mitch, we've got Dale. Um, welcome, gentlemen. Very happy to have you. We're going to do a quick round of intros so you can introduce yourself, who you are, and what you do. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Alex, dude. Who are you? What do you do? Hey, I'm Alex McShane, uh, head of video over at Bitcoin Magazine, Bitcoin Inc. Uh, you might have caught me at the at the conference. Do a lot of work with them as well. I the the side stage that kind of did the playback material uh, after speakers would go on in front of the giant volcano. That's where I got to meet uh, BTC Sessions in person, and that's a project of mine. Also a writer. But yeah, I'll pass it to Euro Dale. Yeah, Dale, take it away. Um. I'm a YouTube star. I'm a big uh, host of a uh, bit of Scandinavia's biggest Bitcoin program. It's called uh, Conjurica, but we're relaunching it as uh, plebs.city uh, to make it a bit more accessible to our international audience. I actually launched that domain today, so be free to check out plebs.city, but all you can do is to sign up for our email list, of course, for the moment. Um, yeah, we're the world's biggest Bitcoin community uh, in members uh, per capita, and uh, we're excited to finally bring Norway to the world. That's awesome, man. I'm, that's very exciting, and uh, and welcome to the show. Uh, I got to meet you in in Miami as well, and that was that was awesome. So glad to have you here. Let's uh, kick it down the line to Mitch. Uh, welcome, dude. Let people know who you are and what you do. Thank you. Yeah, my name's Mitch. I am one of the co-organizers of the Kansas City Bitcoin Meetup, KCBitcoiners.com, and co-host of a new-ish podcast called The Orange Pill Addicts. We're at like episode fifteen now. Uh, so that's been super fun and yeah just all about encouraging the the meetup scene and the local kind of bitcoin economy as much as possible awesome well gentlemen i am very excited to have you all here uh thank you for being here and taking the time and uh, also shout out to everybody in the chat that is here i see uh uh we have some norwegians in the room that have been uh uh saying hello so um welcome to anybody that that may be new to the channel uh eurodale has been uh i'm sure pitching this out to his own audience so uh and and you know let's return the favor if you're not familiar with dale uh and for for uh you know for for the rest of the uh panel whether it be mitch or, or alex mcshane um be sure to check them all out their twitter handles are in the show notes so you can give them a follow and then find all their stuff from there uh, but those that are unfamiliar with the show, this is why are we bullish? We go by a very simple premise. We go by the three R's. Somebody is first going to drop a reason why they're feeling bullish and get a little rant on that. Then we will all together riff on that reason. And then finally, we'll rotate to the next person until all of us had have, have had a chance to uh, get our bullishness off our chest. Uh, so I'm going to be giving us a start here and um i'm i'm bullish this week on on bitcoin hardware and i'm gonna get specific in a minute but uh you know more broadly there are so many great companies building incredible things out there and the plethora of options that uh, people coming into the bitcoin space have in terms of, of hardware options to secure their coins, whether it be just single SIG or multi-SIG and all of the ways that you can put that together is incredible. Now, the reason why I'm bullish, particularly on, uh, on uh, hardware today, is that I just got my cold card Mark IV in the mail 
and I'm super, super stoked for this. Uh, I am a huge cold card fan. Um, Coin Kite is doing some awesome, awesome work. I've got uh, probably already five other cold cards kicking around. So this is like number six. Um, so I love doing testing <laughs> and stuff like that. I love doing the, the multi-sig stuff. Um, the new one, I guess, has uh, NFC enabled and USB-C for, for uh, power and all kinds of awesome stuff with it. So I'm going to be diving down that rabbit hole. Um, and now that I think of it, I, uh, I do have other cords, but uh, I'm going to have to order one of those fancy magnetic USB-C cords for, uh, for, the, uh, for my air gapped via the cold power. So there's, there's just so much to play with. And on top of that, I've got to give a shout out to CoinGuide for the other stuff that they've come, got coming down the pipe. Um, in particular, the SATS card I'm super interested in. Um, if those unfamiliar, there's, there's something called an open dime, which looks like a little USB stick, but it's, it's like a bearer instrument for Bitcoin. You can load it up with Bitcoin, but then you can give it to an individual. So let's say I, I gave a, an open dime with one Bitcoin to Mitch. I'm not going to do that, but, <laughs> but let's say I did, uh, Mitch could leave that transaction, walk away with the, with the open dime and be confident that I would not be able to sweep the funds off of the open dime after the fact. Um, so in an instance of you're buying an expensive item, you can actually use an open dime as a way to transact and somebody can audit the amount of Bitcoin on there and know that nobody has ever seen the private key. Um, the SATS card takes that another step further and it's, it's a, like a credit card sized item, but it actually has 10 digital slots on it that function the exact same as an open dime does. So slot number one, you load it up with Bitcoin, somebody takes it, they want to move, like you give the card to somebody, they want to move that Bitcoin that effectively unseals that slot and, and will give a warning to anybody moving forward that that slot is no longer valid, move on to the next one. And there's 10 slots. So it's basically like 10 open dimes in a single card that function exactly the same as a bearer instrument for Bitcoin. Um, so they're in the midst of rolling those out. I imagine they're, they're, uh, jumping through the hurdles of getting all the, the Mark four shipped first before they roll out the SATS card. But yeah, they're doing some cool things and I'm, I'm very excited. And I guess while I'm on the topic, I'll just give this a little shill because I'm, I'm actually doing an event in and around, uh, in and around cold card itself, I'm heading to Vancouver and Kelowna and I'm doing a, like a self custody beginner workshop in the AMs on, on these, uh, uh, these events. But then in the afternoons, I'm doing like a deep dive on cold card because it's so awesome and there's so many things to learn. So I'm going to be covering like, you know, basic setup, but then beyond that, learning air gap transactions, learning how to do a, uh, an encrypted backup to SD card, the seed XOR backup where you split your seed in two, um, passphrases, decoy wallets. All, we're going to kind of run the gamut on that. So if you're in Vancouver or Kelowna, um, I will be out there in July. And you can find all that on the website, btcsessions.ca slash events if you want to get specific. But um, again, my, my main topic here. I'm bullish on hardware and in particular, I'm super excited to get my hands on this Mark IV and start playing. So I'm going to open it up to you guys. Um, I, I think I'll just throw out the, the general question for you guys. What kind of hardware are you working with? What do you like using? What's your favorite? So I'll just open it up. 
I'll say uh, I'm excited about your um, workshops for the cold card, and uh, I'm I'm a huge cold card fan. I'm jealous that you've got your 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 uh, Mach Four already. I'm here working with, you know, I keep a number of threes hanging out. I'm always sending them to friends and family. Um, you know, when you first get into the Bitcoin space, you'll you'll probably hear three hardware suggestions off the bat, and that is at least in the states, you'll hear Ledger, Trezor. And then cold card if you're technically savvy. And I have since stopped recommending the first two and just told people to challenge themselves and take on the learning curve with as much handholding as they need for me if, if, if they're close to me to uh, learn the cold card because there is no alternative. Um, yeah, it's just it's my favorite hardware, man. I love it. How about you guys? Dale, Mitch? Also have cold card on the desk. <laughs> They sent some from the meet for the meetup uh, to give away, so that was awesome of them. Um, great company to kind of work with in that respect, but yeah, cold card is my favorite as well. Um, I kind of like a lot of the intermediate uh, features that are on there. Like you can do the the parent child seed. I think is really cool. So for I use it for like trusted like friends or loved ones who aren't probably ready to do the whole cold card journey on their own but I can generate a seed off of my cold card, give them that seed. And if they lose it, I can still recover it. Um, I'm like their ultimate backup. So I know that's a really cool option that I like to use. I actually haven't tried that yet. Parent child seed. Yeah. I can't remember the. I think it's a BIP, but I can't remember what BIP it is. Um, is yeah, this a really function cool. that's actually in the cold card? Yeah. Like, I can't remember what it's actually called on the cold card, but basically you can generate uh, as I'm, there might be a cap on it but basically as far as i know as many like child seeds as you want and you can regenerate those it uses your private key or public key to generate that um so it can recreate it whenever you want okay yeah i, I think i i catch your drift there so that's that's interesting huh that's uh i'm gonna have to play around with that i'm i'm <laughs> god this this new cold cold card video is gonna end up being like an hour and a half long i guess because I, I want like an all-in-one every possible thing you can do with it so you gotta contact david attenborough and see if he wants to narrate it yeah <laughs> that would be that would be fantastic yeah how about you dale what like what have you played with um you know what are your inclinations when you're first dealing with hardware and, and again like you know, we've had three pretty hard cold card chills here, but there's, there is awesome. Hey, cold card is great. Nothing to, uh, uh, but I, I guess I want to add something else. And I just want to go back to what you were doing. Just open dimes. Like uh, I started buying open dimes just for fun and like doing some stuff on my, my own. But by now, you know, I put it in the hands of so many friends and family and I've really just used them as tools uh, in so many different contexts. And they're just, they're so versatile and so convenient. Um, but I gotta say, I'm not I'm I'm not a huge hardware guy in general. You know, I'm a content creator. I'm a community leader. Try to be a teacher as much as I can. Um, so my actual hardware repertoire is relatively limited. You know, I have a gold card. I have my hardware wallets, and then I play around with some DIY projects, like making a beer tap that I can pay with lightning. And this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that counts as hardware, but I, I have a dream to create the create the bar. I, I would stuff. put that under the umbrella of hardware. I would give it that title. Okay, fair enough. 
<laughs> I mean, this is this is a weird little thing to be excited by, but I can't wait for the day when I can choose to put 862 sats or whatever and get that exact amount of milliliters of beer. No more or no less. <laughs> hey, I'm going to have to talk to you about that project because I'm looking for a solution to feed my chickens and have people <laughs> like around the world feed my chickens via yeah, lightning yeah. invoices. We already have all of that set up as an open source, so you can literally apply it to anything that you need to distribute in any quantity, right? <laughs> That's that's fantastic. I love it. Um, well, I mean, while we're on the topic of of hardware, I will give shout outs to, um, you know, everybody that's that's kind of building. I've played around with lots of different types of hardware. Of course, I've done, you know, the Trezor and the Ledger route. And, and like those are especially for they're very beginner friendly um, in, for the most part. And and some people may step down that 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 route and may never go further than that and that's that's okay but i do think it's it's worth exploring the other options uh, in in particular if you're putting a large amount of funds into bitcoin it's worth getting your hands dirty and and playing around like outside of cold card i gotta give a shout out i i actually quite enjoy uh foundation passport it's really good um, I mentioned it off the top of the show, but again, the, the keystone is solid when you're setting up a multi-sig two, um, particularly like on mobile, if you're using that, then having like a combo of different, different devices that can all air gap is really cool. Um, yeah. and the QR scanning on both the passport and the keystone, um, make it quick and easy to do too. So, uh, I, I really dig what they're doing there. The new foundation is coming out pretty quick here uh i'm not sure exactly when it starts shipping but i got one coming of those two but there's just there's so much and i guess you know i can't i can't uh, neglect the bit box as well like that's that's mm. a solid option as well so there's so many great possibilities out there have you guys played with um much multi-sig yet or is can, that a can i can i just say there like one thing that i'm starting to notice in the way that i'm starting to distribute my bitcoin is that all these different options with you know different trade-offs i'm now really starting to spread my funds from everything from just being something that's disposable income versus something that's like hardcore savings fort knox versus stuff that i you know i don't want to feel too tempted to spend it like put a little extra step there or something but uh this yeah, uh, I think the hardware options, the the ledger option is great for for beginners and so on. But uh, I'm excited to see like how what the culture and, and best practices will evolve out of this hardware space now that we have so many more trade offs to play with. Awesome. All of the all of the wallets that I've grown out of are now just decoy wallets around my house. <laughs> you can you can steal Bitcoin from the bathroom, the kitchen, whatever cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I got it. So somebody brought up um has anybody tried out the engrave seven i'm super unfamiliar like the name sounds familiar but i'm i'm basically unfamiliar i would say when selecting a hardware wallet be cautious um it should at least have some flavor of like a bitcoin only option because um you know with with more compatibility become um and complexity comes more attack vectors so you got to be very cautious of that. Um, and then uh, I, I don't know if I want to go to a uh, fucking, I'm going to say it anyways. Um, <laughs> the the Ar Arculus or whatever the hell was. Yeah. Uh, the Arculus. Yeah. yeah. Miami 2020. The infamous. Yeah. 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 
I, I don't know about that, you guys. I don't know a lot about it, but it doesn't seem like a thing that I would put money on. So, yeah. I did play with it just for fun. And it was great to give to girls that didn't know what they were getting. (laughs) (laughs) They were so excited. Silver, heavy metal card. It's got Bitcoin and shit. You're like that kid, that that viral clip of the kid at the baseball game where he catches the ball and then he gives it to like... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, if it's free, you're the product, right? I mean, Yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that uh, that that sponsorship is is under protest by yours truly, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it it goes to show. I mean, you know, support your local Bitcoin developers, your open source creators, your hardware creators, because yeah. uh, you know, a lot of these crypto projects receive heavy funding to yeah. do to do crazy marketing campaigns. So yeah. just uh, you got to support the little guys. Yeah. And stupid me, I can't believe I didn't bring it up sooner, but uh, Seed Signer, hats yes. off Seed Signer. Fuck yeah. Um, the just awesome stuff coming out of them. Um, Tell me more I, about that. I don't know this stuff. So so this is, this is a device and, and software that are, are, are effectively uh, fully open source. So you can build your own hardware wallet out of um, just run-of-the-mill parts that you can get off Amazon, although right now the Pi Zero is a little bit more difficult to get. But you can build your own hardware wallet, a tiny little thing, and and basically put it together, flash the software on it. Um, it's called the Seed Signer. It is stateless, meaning that it actually doesn't store the seed once you unplug it or once you once you cut the power. It It's completely independent. And then you create a private key, that is like a, a QR code that can be held separately. And it's it's effectively just a signing device. If you want to approve and sign a transaction, then you you create the transaction, you scan the, the private key to approve it, um, but it can be done entirely offline. You can air gap the transaction. Like it's it's pretty it's, awesome what's being built. And I did so, it's sovereignty taken to a pathological level. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. 100%. Um, and so even just as a concept to know that it's possible, it, that's the important part. That's what people don't get. It's like some people will look at that and be like, yeah, but who's going to do that? It doesn't matter that everybody does it. It matters that you can do it if you want to. And that mitigates the the, the risk of, of a clamping down on hardware wallet companies, you know, like in dr- draconian governments where they say, oh, you're not allowed to do this. You're, Bitcoin is banned. You can't ship in any hardware. Well, fuck you. I can source the parts. You don't know what I'm building. Well, surprise, I just build a hardware wallet anyways. So mm-hmm. that is the key kind of takeaway here from what Seed Signer is doing, I think. That's fun. Cool. Yeah, super powerful. I, that's been on my list for a long time to play around with. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but it looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah, same. I've got like two hours of a Sunday evening that I can dedicate to learning new hardware and watching BTC Sessions videos to learn, <laughs> learn something. But <laughs> we'll get somebody, there. somebody said the other day, I forget what they were talking about. It was some, uh, you know, some app or, or, or something to do with... Uh, whatever the hell the app was and uh <laughs> i was mining it was like my home mining or something and i mentioned that uh that i wanted to start tinkering with that and like start making a video series on it and somebody <laughs> my friend mike who runs coin cards uh he's like 
He's like, to be honest, I, I've just been waiting for you to make a video because otherwise I'm just totally lost. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we'll have to dabble in that at some point. But again, shout out to Seed Signer. I'm going to do an updated video of, of the device and everything because the, the, um, the firmware that they've upgraded to is basically an entirely different experience from when I made the first video, which is par for the course when you make a tutorial. But uh yeah, you know, I guess that's it. Um, any any final thoughts regarding hardware? Anything that uh, that you find interesting? Anything that you're you're about to tinker with? Um, any final thoughts? I would just say it's a great uh, orange pill if you have, I don't know, any given piece of tried and true Bitcoin hardware. Like uh, Dale was saying, the the open dimes make for a very interesting gift that mm. kind of gives someone immediate stake in the game. And just lend legitimacy by interest to Bitcoin. Uh, so yeah. it's it's just a great to have a couple on hand to distribute. Yeah, hundred percent. People yeah. people feel like they've got uh, the, the the curiosity factor kicks in, right? They get oh oh this is cool. It's like it's it's the the old days of when you you get some sort of new piece of electronics and you want to tinker with it, you want to play. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because everyone intuitively understands that you just need to plug this into your computer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know much more than that, and then you can work it out from there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's wrap this topic up, and we'll give it a rotation. Uh, before we do, I'll just say, uh, Mike in the comments asked if I'm planning on visiting Houston. Uh, I mean, maybe um, basically it's all kind of contingent on how these these uh, first two go. If they do well and people attend them, then, yeah, I'll go wherever the hell people want me to go. But uh, I got to I got to make sure it's economically feasible first. Uh, so we'll see. So if you really want that to happen, then go. Uh, I pinned a tweet on my Twitter. Uh, share it out. That's that's the event page. So um, but yeah, let's uh, let's do a little rotation here. I'm going to jump to Alex. And I'm gonna let you take it away with your reason for being bullish. What are you? Uh, what are you feeling this week? What's got you excited? Well, my reason for being bullish, um, you know, Central African Republic, very cool. Uh, but I'm always kind of like a let's wait and see kind of guy. I think like the distinction between the adoption there, outside of geography, is like El Salvador wasn't a top-down adoption, right? This was fundamentally like bitcoin beach happened first this came from the bottom up and the government had a chance to either squash it or embrace it and the reason i'm bullish now even though you know probably a year ago we all thought we'd be at much higher prices is the community still alive and well there's bitcoin is in the news every single day of the week uh some a lot of it's you know nothing burgers but it's on people's minds and you've got just so much innovation and, and marketing and community building happening that uh, we're, we're developing small pockets of Bitcoin economies all over the world. And um, I think I didn't really realize that. I mean, I finally have kind of digested what happened at the Bitcoin conference and, and what like an overwhelming experience that was to be surrounded by so many Bitcoiners, but also so much Bitcoin commerce that... Um, it just really makes me bullish on, uh, you know, free trade and, and, and sovereignty and Bitcoiners ability to be entrepreneurs. So kind of kind of all over the place in general, but I'm just I'm bullish on uh, <laughs> the Bitcoin small economies, I guess I would say. 
it, yeah, I, I'd, I'd echo kind of your sentiment that despite current price action, it's, it's like, it's, <laughs> there's just been so much going on. Like think of the amount of news and interesting new developments and both on a technological and geopolitical um, and like payments infrastructure, like all of these different facets of Bitcoin have just been, it's like nonstop fucking incredible news on the daily. Um, yeah. And you're right. There's some nothing burgers as well, but I mean, think back to 2014, 2015, the nothing burgers were like mind blowing. <laughs> you know, somebody be like, oh, there's a corner store in Iowa that accepts Bitcoin. And it would be like top, top entry on Reddit and everybody's freaking out. Like it's just, it's, it's shifted so much to the point where Jack Mallers, you know, boots open the door on stage and says, yo, one in six uh, point of sale terminals on earth will be able to accept Bitcoin. And everybody's like, ah. <laughs> we are so spoiled. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll let uh, Dale or Mitch chime in here. But uh, what do you feel about what Alex said? I think he's spot on. I mean, I think like price can do whatever it wants to do short term. But if we keep getting number go up on these local economies and these meetups and things like that's one of the most important numbers to me. And I think that's super strong um, at the Bitcoin conference. They had like a, a mega meetup, which was like the meetup of all the organizers of the meetups across the world. And that was like one of my favorite, if not my favorite event, just like people talking about tricks of the trade, what they're doing with their meetup and like sharing ideas with how to increase their meetup and better educate their communities so i totally agree it's a it's a fantastic reason to be bullish like meetups are on the up and up local economies are on the up and up for sure and it's beautiful like no one's subsidizing those right these are true mm -hmm. grassroots movements that mm -hmm. are persisting in what, what i would call and i'm sorry to be the bear here but like somewhat of a bear market uh which is it's beautiful i mean it just goes to prove the point again that number go up at least on adoption and people do not cycle out of bitcoin once once you grok it you're in it for good and TikTok next block is not just a technological concept it also happens in the way that we're building our culture and community around this and i really feel that with how even though you go through this what you call beer market or whatever the, the bedrock here now is so solid and growing and the work is being done every single day by, you know, we've already been on the hardware track on this, but also the, the community side and um, and the political side. I mean, there's, there's I mean, Europe, it's a place where you don't get these kind of, uh, um, it, they're very stale old societies where you don't get this like massive uh, change that you do with El Salvador or like the dynamism of the US. Uh, so here we really have to rely on this one thing that we have to be bullish on, which is plebs. Uh, you got to be bullish on plebs. The, the grassroots yep. stuff is so powerful, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, um, you know, obviously there was Bitcoin Beach, but uh, there's Bitcoin Lake in uh, Lugano, Guatemala, yeah, yeah. and then uh, in Costa Rica now, Bitcoin Jungle, right? And so like all these just kind of like grassroots, hey, let's get merchants accepting. Let's, let's kind of build this like local economy around Bitcoin. And it's funny because it was kind of, 
it was like a meme back in 2014, 2015 merchant adoption, you know, I was, Oh, we got to get merchants on board. But it, it, it was, it came from a place that the, the logic was kind of ass backwards where it was like, Oh, we'll get, we'll get merchants or, or we'll like pester merchants until they accept it. And it was like a marketing shtick for them. It was like, Hey, we accept Bitcoin, come here and spend your Bitcoin. And they, they wanted dollars, right? They just wanted dollars. And they thought it was like a thing that would get them in the news, which it kind of did for a little bit, but then it became stale and nobody gave a fuck. Mm -hmm. And now it's different. Like it's being approached from, in a lot of cases, uh, a, a place of, you know, Bitcoin can genuinely help, uh, especially in areas where, you know, they deal with a lot of remittances. But then you also get just regular brick and mortar stores that are like, no, we want this on our balance sheet. So we're just going to accept it and then we'll just hold it. Right. And so you get Tahini's, for example, in, in, in Canada here. Um, they just said, hey, you know, th this is important to us. We're going to we we want the Bitcoin. We, we're going to hold on to that. So um, it's it's kind of the same mission but with a different underlying purpose to it. And I buy it more this time because, because of that underlying purpose. Yeah, I would say, I mean, just anecdotally, I think everyone's got to have a Bitcoin take at this point, right? Like we're just an item line on everyone's future, whether that's, uh, you know, they'll be buying Bitcoin or rejecting it out of hand and buying it later at much higher prices. But I notice now when I go places like, um, especially in Ubers, I made several requests to drivers, uh, heading to Miami and around Miami, just, would you rather be paid in Bitcoin? And I think I had three that canceled the trip there and then, and I gave them an open dime and think about how much trust that takes. They can't verify the open dime there and mm. they're happy. We're still in contact. They offer to drive like any time. It's, it's great. I mean, it just, it, it clicks because people are getting those first, second and third points of contact even just by by virtue of um, mainstream media fudding Bitcoin, they're 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 coming into contact to it. It just it's great. Will Uber drivers become the new global elite <laughs> <laughs> from all of their orange pilling sessions from driving Bitcoiners around Miami? So so last week I was invited to this big business conference in Scandinavia, and the presenter after me was the director of the Norwegian Oil Fund, the largest sovereign wealth fund on the world. Ten trillion uh, kroners—that's about a trillion dollars managed by a single fund. The guy before me was the director of the biggest bank in Scandinavia, uh, managing all their saving products, managing also funds for a ridiculous amount. And just a year or two ago, it would have been unimaginable that a Bitcoiner would be given an equal stage next to the manager of the Sovereign Wealth Fund and the manager of the biggest bank. But yeah, no, one third of the whole conference was just Bitcoin. And that section engaged people so much that they changed the whole program and set up a panel debate about Bitcoin at the end of the conference. And so, you know, wow. uh, things, are, <laughs> things are really changing. Well, um, your your value proposition there is that you are managing director of your own sovereign wealth fund, but you can provide, you can have everyone be their own sovereign wealth fund. Yeah, I'm always saying to people in Scandinavia that, uh, you know, we've done cradle to uh, grave for 100 years now. So now let's do, you know, from, from slavery to sovereignty. That's the next uh, path we need to build from slavery to sovereignty. I love that. That's, that's fantastic. 
Well, um, any any final thoughts here before we round out this topic and uh, do a rotation? If anybody has any last things to say to to wrap up this kind of uh, uh, you know pleb based the small kind of swell of of sleeper Bitcoin action that's been going on. Just to piggyback off what Dale was talking about, I think it is pretty amazing how mainstream Bitcoin is now. Like even I feel like three four years ago. Most people had probably heard of Bitcoin, but today I feel like almost everyone has heard of Bitcoin. Um, It's kind of like all publicity is good publicity long term for Bitcoin because eventually those people will flip. It's pretty crazy how how mainstream we are now. Yeah, I would I would say I was kind of curious, like how viable if I just brought like grew up doing art and just brought like some sort of Bitcoin related product to the market. So I brought a few this year and I was astonished that they all did really well. And I don't think that's like says anything about me. It's just more the demand for more uh, Bitcoin products, even simple like Bitcoin shoes, Bitcoin this, Bitcoin that. Like it's a great way if you're like sitting at home, a pleb stuck in a fiat job. It's a great side hustle to supplement your income and really double time that stack. And it's fun. I find that to be the most like rewarding part of my day is just working on little side projects and, and Bitcoin related products to sell. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Somebody wants to know if you orange pilled the uh, head of the wealth fund. So I did actually get to ask him, of course, I asked him straight up in front of an open stage, um, what financial instruments or mandates would be necessary for the sovereign wealth fund to allocate uh, part of their portfolio to Bitcoin. Um, and I was quite shocked by the answer because not only did he dismiss Bitcoin as a possible allocation, but he compared Bitcoin to NFT handbags <laughs> and, and then made the, the notion that it was so impossible for him to, val- to make a value proposition for an NFT handbag that it would therefore not be prudent for him to make a value proposition for Bitcoin. Okay. And, you know, I'm sitting there, my, my vein here is throbbing, trying to like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like not understanding the difference between a, a forex market and a property market. You know, that's yeah. basically what it is. It's like the difference between something you can exchange for anything and something you have to find a particular buyer for. If you don't understand such a basic difference of markets, how can you manage such a fund? Which makes me suspect that maybe he was being facetious. Mm-hmm. That maybe he did not genuinely actually believe this, that this is a simple way to dismiss the question that he knows plays on the basic knowledge of the audience and does not require any follow-up that makes me look a little bit silly for even having asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I find it hard to believe that a man in such a position has not been forced to consider Bitcoin more seriously than that. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I suppose we'll... Uh... We'll see. Uh, we'll see how his opinion changes over the years. I suppose he'll he'll be, he'll be confronted with it uh, many more times than just that once. Uh, Bitcoin is brutal. Yeah, <laughs> he will buy at a much higher price. Um, awesome. All right. Well, let's round this one up. And and Dale, we're, we'll just keep it with you. Uh, I'm I'm going to give you the floor, and I will let you. Get on your little rant. What are you bullish about this week? What has you excited? Well, I'm always excited about what Shane was uh, excited about. I'm always excited about plebs. Uh, so I wanted to narrow it down a little bit more and say I'm really fucking super bullish on Norway. 
you know, we're all paying attention to what's going on in the Central African Republic. We're all paying attention to El Salvador. And by now we're sort of seeing a pattern of nations that we're all expecting, and especially us who are like in this influencer environment. We're constantly haunting the next, uh, chasing that next little story that, in the area that we expect adoption to happen. Meanwhile, because of plebs, because of the underground, underground demand for liberty in societies that are so structured and static, uh, Scandinavia is emerging as a place, a birthplace for a beacon, for a lighthouse for Bitcoin. We have by now, I would argue, the highest amount of Bitcoin maxis. No, not people interested in crypto, Bitcoin maxis per capita. We have contacts in towards every major political faction of Norway. We have point of sales growing across the nation. We have the third biggest lightning hub in the world in a single nation of Norway and, you know, growing fast. And uh, now we're finally launching this uh, in English uh, under plebs.city, which we aim to make a forkable form of Bitcoin community uh, based around the simple notion that people need to move from a state of slavery to a state of sovereignty, from fiat to Bitcoin. And that journey needs to be gamified. There needs to have objectives and it needs to have rewards for helping other people along on that journey. So that's what we're building right now. And uh, we're, I'm super bullish about what's possible if people in the world realize that Norway has uh, cheap green energy, a stable regulatory environment, a lot of safety, highly educated population, uh, cold temperatures protect your hardware right there. <laughs> uh, and, and we're connected to the, to the world. So um, the rabbit hole starts here. That's right. This is Kongeike, uh, which is where you land if you go to plebs.city as well. Right now, you can just sign up for our email list because we're working on out a lot of stuff uh, in the background before we launch. But um, uh, we already launched our morning show, Bitcoin for Breakfast. First episode was out this week. So I'm celebrating myself. I guess I'm a bit bullish on myself as well. Uh, launched Bitcoin for Breakfast, your new favorite maxi morning show every Wednesday at 8.30. Uh, and all of that, of course, is based around the idea that I'm fucking bullish on clubs always, every day, nonstop. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I'm going to have to uh, get on the mailing list here. And uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm feeling bullish on, on Norway too uh, for, uh, a, I mean, also for your reason, but I've got a, a secondary reason. I'm going to be there next month um, because uh, Alex Gladstein uh, asked if I would come help MC the Bitcoin track for the Oslo Freedom Forum, which I'm very excited about. Huge. Uh, yeah, awesome. yeah, that's um, cool. I'll see you there. By the way, we have a yeah. lot of good Bitcoiners coming. There's there's a a, a pretty good um, a, as I'm discovering. I keep on seeing across my feed. Oh, I'll be in Norway next month. I'm like, wait, yeah. what's going on yeah. there? Uh, so yeah, I guess there's a, a good um, convergence of Bitcoiners in Oslo coming up. Um, but for those unfamiliar, this is basically it's a it's um, with the Human Rights Foundation, and they're putting on an event. Uh, they always do every single year but um because of glassine himself they've started to get to dedicate time to uh bitcoin related content and bitcoin as a humanitarian tool and last year in october they did one in miami beach um and i helped a little bit with that one as well awesome speakers from around the globe um but there there there's an entire bitcoin track like there's the the keynote speakers around general humanitarian issues but then there's a, a specific set of talks and a totally separate stage dedicated to just bitcoin 
content and how it can be used as a humanitarian tool. So to see that happening in Norway uh, and have everybody uh, coalescing on this uh, single spot to chat Bitcoin within Norway, which is beautiful, by the way. I've been to not to Oslo, but I've been to um, actually all the way up the coast. Uh, I went I've been to Bergen a handful of times. I've been to Flam. I believe it's called. Yeah, it's very nice, Tom. Uh, I've been up. I've been all the way up to Nordcap. Well, you're very lucky. You missed out on Oslo, which is what I recommend for all tourists. And <laughs> uh, you caught Bergen, which is definitely the best part of our country. Yeah. No, and but I mean, Oslo, um, Oslo Freedom uh, Forum is just so cool, and it's so cool that Alex is organizing it in Oslo. And the fact that there is this convergence now, I don't know how if these things interact. The fact that in the last two years, Bitcoin has really exploded in Norway. We're light years ahead of Sweden and Denmark in the conversation, in the coherence of the community and the content that's being produced in the adoption. Uh, you know, more than 10% of the population are active owners and holders of Bitcoin. Hey, here's a cool fact. The Minister of Climate in Norway, Minister of Climate went live on our channel and admitted that he owns Bitcoin and is a hodler. Okay. So that's, that says something about where we are in the conversation. Anyways, also Freedom Forum, um, insanely cool that it's all, all pulling down into, into Norway at the same time. Yeah, that's, that's super awesome. Um, uh, quick question. Uh, have you been to, to uh, Geiranger? How do you say I, it? I have. Uh, and yes, it does look exactly like the poster uh, that you imagine. That was the first place I ever uh, went to when I worked on a cruise ship. So that was the first port that we went into. And Damn. it was astounding. It was incredible. Yeah, that's an aesthetical hard-on right there. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's beautiful. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Uh, you guys are making me, I got to go to Norway, man. My only, the only thing I know, like all that I know about Norway is from, have you ever read Carl Uff Knausgaard's? Yeah, yeah. Very, very long series of books. This is all I know. Very bizarre. And it's literally called Mein Kampf. Yeah, yeah. It is, but it's, <laughs> it's also a great work of literature. That's so funny. Um, I, here, here we go. I'll uh, just just so the the plebs that are watching aren't left out. Uh, that's what we're talking about right there. That's Skyranger. Yeah, it's it's pretty beautiful. It it's reminiscent of home too because I live right near the Rocky Mountains and we just don't have uh, quite as much kind of beautiful fjords in terms of uh, being able to like actually sail through but uh yeah i love it there I, I miss it already so i'm excited to so so close to this gathering of you and we do have a um well i have a cabin which we've been using for bitcoin gatherings you know hot or not and also getting together up there to strategize the future of scandinavia so i'll extend that invitation right away knowing that uh, you will rarely be on this side of the atlantic uh, but should you like to join us for a very based weekend in the mountains of norway i uh, i you know, was speaking you know to to not yesterday and he said that there's some Bitcoiners getting together, perhaps, and we might be able to have an afternoon. Um, yeah, so so perhaps, uh, yeah, I, I would yep, love yep, to see yep. Awesome. Damn, bullish on Norway. <laughs> uh, do you guys, like either Alex or, or Mitch, do you have any, any questions for Dale regarding... Uh, any further stuff going on in, in Norway re in regards to Bitcoin and anything that you wanted to uh, tag on there? Or Yeah, uh, I'm wondering, I don't know a whole lot about Norway either. Do you think there's like any reasons behind why 
there are so many like Bitcoin maxis per capita and it's like so much stronger than the, the surrounding nations? It's a really good question because, uh, you know, in some ways the development of Bitcoin in Scandinavia was very, uh, it was the same in all the countries. You know, people did not see the need for Bitcoin except for speculation because we have high trust in government, well-functioning money, a solid banking system. Uh, it's hard for people to see beyond uh, the share trading <laughs> uh, uh, case for Bitcoin. And then something happened somewhere around two years ago where uh, I think hard or not certainly helped a lot to, to generate a very based conversation around the conflict with Craig Stephen Wright and all that. And I, I'm not going to get into that whole story. But uh, <laughs> uh, And then we launched the kingdom. And the kingdom, which is now turning to Pleb City, is, uh, has basically done exactly what we now want to do internationally. We gamified the path from being a shit corner to being a Bitcoiner. And it converted a lot of people who were crypto uh, people into Bitcoin people. So now we have an army of cyber hornets that are working, you know, and they come from all walks of life, right? Some people are in politics, some people are uh, regular nerds, some people are business leaders, lawyers, whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, I also think there must be something deep in the culture because I mean, Norway has some, something particular about how it's uh, at the periphery of the world. At the same time, it is obviously very financially connected and, and wealthy and developed and so on. And that generates a certain sort of ability to ignore uh, the big forces that are at play in the world at all times. So people have this very local mindset of Norway being its own sandbox that you can design and play around with. I think that gives us a certain agility, uh, even if we are still a very static Scandinavian society and rigid and whatever. It gives us a certain agility on a local level that I don't think you'll find in Sweden and Denmark. If I'm looking for an explanation, like why did it kick off here and not in our neighboring countries? Um, I think this Dill, might be the heart of it. Dill, what is your primary platform for interacting with these plebs? Is it YouTube? Discord. So YouTube, Discord. Is the, YouTube is the front, right? That's where we have all our content. And it's actually a series of podcasts and uh, different hosts. I'm just the main host of the biggest show. Um, but Discord is where we organize. And uh, 4,000 members... Uh, 4,000 active members we prune every week. So nobody gets to stick around if they don't contribute. Uh, wow, I'm going to have to find a link to that. that sounds yeah, cool. it's it's actually, I, if I can share a screen, can I? Uh, yeah, if you do, then it'll just come up as a, a notification for me. Let's see if it works. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, if you want to check out the Discord, it's quite... We have an English uh, channel there, of course. Uh, this particular one is in Norwegian, but there's an English uh, channel in the Discord. And it's just discord.com uh, or .gg slash That's awesome. Fun fact about Kongeriket. Uh, it means the kingdom in Norwegian, but you'll also notice that it literally spells out Kong Erik. So that means King Eric. Um, I did not realize this until two, off, two months after I had founded the company. And to this day, <laughs> I, I'm still working to recover my reputation that people don't think that I'm walking around calling myself King Eric, but that is Kong Eriket. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, there's, um, it, it slips your mind how many uh, Norwegian Bitcoiners there are. But again, like Hodlanot always comes to mind and Bit Bitcoin Katya. Um, and, and shout out to them again for Citadel 21. Um, I guess I can, uh, spoiler alert, Citadel 21, uh, I was just chatting with them. They're going to be 
uh, sponsoring some of my short form content. So I, uh, <laughs> so I made this image for them. <laughs> me uh, being very excited with all these issues. I, I have my Citadel sitting here on the piano rack. I don't know if you can see it on my screen. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I I do love reading this stuff because it's just such a unique kind of like uh, gathering of of just like pleb material. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's exciting alongside my Bitcoin magazines that are, are sitting there, uh, to get, you know, some tangible Bitcoin goodies in the mail every now and again. So, uh, I do love it. Um, and, and shout out to them for making something awesome for the plebs by the plebs. So, yeah. Um, any final thoughts, uh, other than just being bullish on, on Norway and, uh, and, and wanting to go there? <laughs> I think we can wrap that one and, and uh, continue on. Dude, I'm very excited to see you there, though, uh, and very excited to see everybody else in, in Norway. It'll be a good time. And uh, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe maybe it will become yet another Bitcoin mecca. We'll see. <laughs> we, are, we are turning it into a Bitcoin mecca, whether it wants to or not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's do our, our final uh, rotation then. Um, we're going to jump to Mitch and I'm going to let you have your little rant, man. Uh, let us know. What are you bullish about this week? So I am super bullish on KC Bitcoiners, but specifically an event that we had last weekend. We did a Bitcoin block party and it came about this guy named Chris who started coming to our meetups a few months ago. And he is big into like the local music scene, local art scene. And he wanted to find a way to merge that with Bitcoin. And so he had this idea. He kind of saw on Twitter, like I think Portland and Austin have done a Bitcoin block party as well. So he saw this and was like, hey, we should do this. And I'm like, it's a great idea, but I have absolutely no freaking clue how to put anything like that together. That's way out of my wheelhouse. And like two or three weeks later, Chris gives an update at the meetup and he's basically got this entire thing planned on his own um he's orange pilled he's like orange pilling the porta potty provider like he's just going all out and he's got an outdoor space reserved a date scheduled and we're good to go and so we raise i think three or four million sats from the members of the meetup group to help like fund it all in bitcoin and so last weekend on sunday we had like an all-day event with vendors with live music chris is in one of the bands that performed and some other bands there and we had, so he orange pilled a local Mexican restaurant. And so you were able to buy burritos, tacos, margs, beer, all in Bitcoin. So we set up the vendor with a way to accept it. And they had a separate window where they would only accept Bitcoin. And that was for us. Um, so it was an awesome event. Uh, highly recommend any other cities out there with a strong Bitcoin contingency to, to try something similar. Um, yeah. And then... At the end, we were getting feedback from the restaurant owner to see how it went. Like if we do it again next year or next, like in the fall, are there things that we could do differently to make it smoother on you? And uh, his first question was, how do I buy more Bitcoin? <laughs> so he, he was super into it. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. And I'm super bullish on that and local economies, which we already kind of touched on. But uh, yeah. That's that's awesome. So you had live music vendors. You kind of had the gamut. It is it's funny because 
it sounds reminiscent of my first foray in, in to Bitcoin a little bit. I, I didn't quite know how to mash up my my kind of uh, history of, of being in and around the arts and performance and everything like that um, and, and kind of juxtapose that against a Bitcoin backdrop. So I, I tried a handful of things, one of them being an event called the Bitcoin Sessions, playing on like VH1 sessions, like live music kind of thing. Um, thus the current name. Um, but, you know, it was basically just a bunch of, uh, you know, local artists, uh, performance artists that were, were doing music shows. And then in between, there was Bitcoin education. There's a Bitcoin ATM in the room. With every ticket, you got a little bit of Bitcoin. And then on, on the walls were images of the individual performing artists and overlaid with that was a QR code. So you could tip any of the performers with the Bitcoin you got from your ticket. Um, yeah. So, you know, maybe there, there's a, maybe there's some tidbits in there that you can uh, uh, toss to that dude. And, and uh, maybe you'll get tipping, tipping the individual performers as well in, in the future. Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. He had so he was DJing at Chris, the guy who kind of helped organize the whole thing. And he had a QR code where you could send whatever amount of Bitcoin you wanted to. And then you could request a song if you could like prove that you're the one that sent it. So that was a cool idea you had too. That's that's super awesome. I love that. Um, what what was the organization of that like? Was there a, uh, was it kind of like last minute? Oh, this is happening. Let's let's do it. Or, you know, what, what was your takeaway from all that? It was a bit of both. We'd definitely be more prepared if we like for the next one. So Chris like reserved the event space pretty far in advance. We had a date locked in pretty far in advance. So like the big, really important things we had set in stone for a while, mm -hmm. but everything else was like, oh shit, it's a week before the event. Like we have to find tents. We have to find like all this stuff. We have to print posters and that kind of thing. Um, and we have to figure out, you know, if somebody shows up to this block party and they don't have Bitcoin, but they have to pay in Bitcoin, how do we get them Bitcoin? Um, so we had some problems like that to solve, but yeah, it was a bit of a scramble at the end for sure. That's cool. I, I really love, uh, seeing kind of those, I mean, even, even down at the conference in, in Miami, just being able to actively use Bitcoin and, and be in a, a community of people where you can just interact with each other on that level and, and, and not have too many hurdles. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's refreshing as a Bitcoiner being able to, to do that easily um uh what in terms of what the merchants were using would did they just have their own wallets like how how was that working so there was one merchant who comes to our meetup and they have their own podcast on pod they're like one of the biggest podcasting 2.0 podcasts out there actually um so he's super well versed in bitcoin and lightning so mm -hmm. they were accepting lightning on their own node um so super based vendor nice. And the other ones we just helped set up on Moon Wallet yeah. because it's one of the easiest flows. It's on chain and lightning. So um, we just yeah. set them up with Moon Wallet like an hour before the event. We kind of did a tutorial on how to, you know, choose an amount for your invoice, that kind of thing. And then made sure to like walk them through how to back it up. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting uh, onboarding new users and and in particular merchants and and trying to figure out those flows for them. Um, th you know, there's 
especially as something like that where it's just like okay you're setting up a little shop and you're just there um it doesn't really matter if you're just you know quick whatever and it's just kind of peer-to-peer and I mean, I'm sure everybody's reporting all of these. Oh, like, totally. Know. I have no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but like there are easy like merchants, you know, like Breeze wallet has a built in point of sale on it. So mm-hmm. there, there are definitely things out there where you can, can do these things easily, which is, which is awesome. Um, you know, it's, it's, and I mean, it, it's, it's unique to uh, who's the one that's, just seem to be everywhere in my uh ibex ibex mercado yeah they're blowing up yeah they they just blew up out of nowhere and and uh one of my favorite things was to your point about kind of bitcoiners congregating and being able to transact back and forth um when i was at the freedom forum in miami beach last october uh there were a bunch of people hanging out and tweeting and and uh there's a dude that tweeted out and said, Hey, I'm, you know, I, I run a, a, a restaurant in town here, a taco place called Tequizas. And, uh, and so I responded and I was like, Oh, that sounds awesome. Maybe I'll gather up some, some Bitcoiners and we'll swing by for dinner. And so we ended up, I think it was like me, Guy Swan, Stefan Levera, and like a ton of other, there's like 12, 15 of us or something. And we all kind of just went down to this place. The guy was accepting Bitcoin um to pay but then in the end we all came and he was like i'm just happy to have you guys here so he loaded us up with free tacos all night like just a stupid amount of tacos i couldn't believe like i mean don't get me wrong we tipped the shit out of the staff but uh but yeah just like load us up with tacos this time around being in miami i went i my airbnb unbeknownst to me ended up being the balcony above tequizas (laughs) but uh but then i'd go in there and literally every day i went in there it was filled with bitcoiners and they'd had ibex mercado as their way of accepting lightning and everything and uh it was so cool to see you know bitcoiners be like oh this is somebody who's themselves awesome john is an incredible dude but offers something that's amazing like the tacos that were incredible and people just descended upon it and supported a local business that was on the same wavelength as them and and you see that time and again if if you know bitcoiners being entrepreneurial and offering something that is is bitcoiners deem as worthy of their sats there's nothing more bullish than that because that that to me points to down the road where we're on a Bitcoin standard where it, it forces um, it forces individuals that are offering goods or services to up the quality of what they're offering in order to convince people to be separated from their sats. Uh, and that's a world I'd like to live in. I mean, that's how I, Ibex Mercado also blew up in the first place. They offered a really, really brilliant point of sale solution for merchants in El Salvador when they legalized Bitcoin and, uh, you know, that would solve the real pressure point, a real pain point for a lot of people in interacting with Bitcoin and all the places that made that available on day one. Like I went there twice last year. I probably left by half my fucking fortune down there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, you put it, you put out the light in the darkness and the Bitcoiners will come. Yeah. It's also interesting. I don't know. Do you guys feel a greater uh, kind of freedom to spend your sats as the price excitement wanes or how does that work for you? 
I'm a pretty like huddle only kind of guy, but in Miami, I was, I really enjoyed spending Bitcoin, man. It was just great to actually trade value for value freely with no third party. <laughs> yeah. I've been through um, a couple of years of being very much like I wanted to just stack and not spend anything. Uh, yeah. But over the last year or two, I've really come into this sense of Bitcoin has to be a world you really do live in. And uh, the more I'm also moving into the Bitcoin standard on a permanent basis in every facet of my life, the less feasible it actually becomes to not spend Bitcoin. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like if you, I love spending Bitcoin partially because it's like a novelty at least where I'm at, there's not many places where you can. So going to Miami where you can use it all the time, I think it's just really cool. Um, and I like to do that. And I feel like the whole like don't spend your Bitcoin thing is a little bit overrated because you can just spend and replace. So you spend your Bitcoin and then you buy it back um, immediately. And then your stack is the same size. So, so you're recommending we should sell high and buy low? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying buy back instantly and you're good. You have no price. Yeah. I, uh, Mitch, I'm actually from Iowa, pretty uh, pretty close to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And yeah. geographically, it's a, about the same, I would say. So if you guys ever expand that way, let me know. I know a ton of Midwesterners yeah. who could definitely use the education and the yeah, camaraderie bitcoin brings you know yeah i know the like california and arizona meetups have morphed into like the arizona and the california bitcoin network so it'd be cool to have like a midwest bitcoin network someday 100 percent. i don't know if this is too offensive to say but as a european the sentence a midwesterner i know a midwesterner that could use some education has taken on a completely different, <laughs> completely different meaning since bitcoin <laughs> uh, awesome uh, I was going to tag on to the, the spending Bitcoin thing as well. And uh, what Dale was saying in regards to living more and more on a Bitcoin standard, like I've, I've definitely gone down that road to the point where I'm so minimally exposed to fiat. And the only instances where I am are where there's just quite literally no other option because like, as, as I work, I, I like I send out invoices and accept Bitcoin. Like I, that's all I do. Um, the only uh, exceptions would be, you know, there's, there's a small amount of like YouTube revenue itself is, is pitiful. So like it's, it's a small percentage, but you know, in the way that they do it, it has to, it goes to a bank account. So I do get some fiat, but like in the end, um, I'm so minimally exposed to fiat that it necessitates that I'm, living on on bitcoin so i can pay my bills on bitcoin i you know use the, something like bit refill to grab uh gift cards when i need them um you know like there's there's all of these different solutions uh of how to spend your bitcoin um and in the end like if if you still have fiat in a way you're you're somewhat short bitcoin right you're you're you the fiat exposure that you have is Bitcoin ex is the opportunity of co uh, cost of potentially it's, having exposure. it's even more pernicious than that. And uh, it's, it's actually quite a dark and perverse thing because everything that touches fiat gets worse. And we as Bitcoiners know this, everything that touches fiat gets worse. You take this with a product that gets lower quality, higher cost, mm -hmm. you know, uh, why wouldn't it do the same to you as a person? And you can really feel it. The more you start to clean up almost like from a drug habit, the more you start to remove fiat from your life, 
even when you have that little line of coke at the once a month, that one yeah. little YouTube revenue in fiat. <laughs> it's, it's, I, what are you saying, man? <laughs> I, I agree with you. Like uh, when you when I hold the um, fiat, which I usually have less than a hundred dollars of fiat to my name, and it's wonderfully liberating because I don't spend money on bullshit. Like there's no high time preferences. I don't. Need, not buying clothes, but once a year, like things like that. It's, it's great. You, you, you really uh, start to um, kind of form a plan and have like a, a, a singleness of purpose when you're, when you're only holding Bitcoin and, and you've resolved not to really sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, you do get in with not holding fiat and living still kind of in a pretty fiat dom- denominated world. You do have to sell now and then. Um, but there's, there's solutions that are out there, man. There's uh there's um you know, Bitcoin as collateral solutions are coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, th- there's more and more options as time goes on again, like in, in the U S um, you know, you've got, you got strike and things like that, where you're going to, you, I, do they already have the physical cards that you can use yet or, or no? I'm not sure. I don't have the card if they do have it. I'm okay. not sure. Yeah. Does food delivery in, in, uh, the U S uh, take Bitcoin in Germany. All the food delivery services take Bitcoin, so there's no, no reason why. you can't eat. Really? Yeah, Fedora and if Rando and everything like this, they all accept Bitcoin over Lightning. The wow. thing is, do Damn. they deliver food though? None of the food delivery services here deliver food. They deliver like a plate of seed oil. <laughs> this is true. Like this is true. Just, you yeah. can't get just like a steak. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I can't fix the entire value chain of uh, US food production. Uh, although Bitcoin, Bitcoin will eventually. Over time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. Is... yeah that, that is a key step though, right? I mean, the moment that I started to be able to eat on Bitcoin, Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly there were so many more times where I just didn't have to convert the little amount to have some fiat available on my card. Uh, it takes away a lot of that little pressure point. Just the food. Yeah. Why, do you, why do you still have fiat? Because I don't like starvation. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, I have to look around. I don't know. My assumption is no, but maybe there is someone delivering for Bitcoin around here. I don't know. There's some of the like online ordering platforms have Bitcoin built in. Like mm. I can't remember if it's Menufy or one of the like bigger ones that I've seen. There's a Thai restaurant by me where you can order it um, for takeout, but I don't think they do delivery. There's there's also things like um, like Moon Pay with Moon or whatever. You can you can yeah. create car like uh, Visa cards and stuff like that digitally. Yeah. Um, there's uh, there's a few others that I've been um, that I've been seeing around where you know you get the plugins for your browser and you can effectively just pay with Bitcoin. Um, so again, there's there's a there's a ton more options. And again, like you know, BitRefill is is gradually rolling out the bill payments platform so that you can just pay your bills directly and they'll they'll take care of it for you. Um, so you know, there's a lot of in the absence of these vendors just accepting directly. Um, there's a lot of stopgap measures that are being built out. Um, and I think what you'll see is over time, these, these kind of like, uh, jumping through hoops, uh, those types of companies while offering awesome services, eventually if they're successful, they become obsolete, 
right? Like that's, that's kind of the whole point to be there while they're needed until they're no longer needed. It's this, it's the same, same as a regular exchange, right? Like exchanges exist because people have dollars and are willing to continue to have dollars and will only put some of their dollars into Bitcoin when literally every person holding dollars wants to convert their dollars to Bitcoin. That's when you'll no longer be able to. Um, so it's, it's, it's uh, just, just kind of like a, the, the countdown clock is on. So kudos to these companies for offering these services, but eventually the merchants themselves will be like, well, I just, I don't want dollars anymore. So I'll just directly accept the Bitcoin myself. I feel like a lot of these services right now are like technology in the 90s. It's like pre-smartphones. So there's all these things that we have started to realize that you can put together into one device, but it's got the weirdest constellation, like a flashlight and a knife or something like this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and we're just putting together all these little things that like comes from the past and we know we can put it together. And there's going to be a time in the future where you've got the Google workspace of Bitcoin or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting time to be alive because a lot of these services put together stuff you'll never see again. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, what what I think I'd like to do now is um, I'm going to I'm going to start wrapping up, but uh, I'll, I'll do a, a round of final thoughts across the entire episode for so any final things that you wanted to toss out there, whatever it may be. Um, but also, I'm going to put a little challenge to each of you, uh, and that is to recommend a piece of content or something that has really assisted you in your Bitcoin journey, whether it be a book, a, a video, a podcast, a, an article, just something that you have enjoyed at some point in your Bitcoin journey that you'd like to share with other people and, and have them take a look at. And it can really be anything. Um, so I'm going to, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but um, I guess my final thought, first of all, thank you all for coming on. I really appreciate your time and everything. Uh, I would like to say that it was an honor and a privilege to have a uh, uh, Bitcoin magazine spam my feed with chicken and egg. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, that, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I feel like I've made it when that, th that happens. And I think uh, Q was in there too. Uh, same, I think he was calling, calling Alex, uh, Brian Armstrong or something. And asked if you were a commie. Uh, so, so, so that to was address all the all the. I will absolutely find a solution to pay the chicken or feed the chickens via lightning. Or, or you, you yeah. guys can bid on which one to butcher or something. I'll make a solution. <laughs> well, bid on who to keep feeding. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I do appreciate uh, uh, when when people pop in. Uh, I will say that. Uh, you know, the, these shows are fun because not only because of the guests, but because of the, the people that come in and partake in the chat. You guys are as much a part of the show as everybody. And um, I will say uh, thank you to uh, the newbies that joined in from across the pond. Uh, I, I enjoyed having a, a handful of Norwegians in the room. Uh, and hopefully I will see some of you in Oslo. So uh, and, and then my uh, recommendation for reading, I would say um, check your financial privilege uh, by Alex Gladstein, um, the book. Uh, I do have a copy of it here. I'm making my way through it. And so far, it's absolute fire. Um, and so I figured since we had been talking about Norway and uh, and um, the 
the Oslo Freedom Forum that it was only fair to uh, mention that solid entry by Alex Gladstein. So check that out. It's called Check Your Financial Privilege by Alex Gladstein. And you can grab it on Amazon right now, I think. And or, or the uh, the Bitcoin Magazine store maybe is a better option. <laughs> yeah, you can get 10% off. I think the promo code is FOMO. Oh, sweet. If wanna, yeah, if you want to buy it in the store. Pay in Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Well, let's do uh, Alex. Let's let's toss it to you. Any final thoughts from the day, and any recommendations for people to check out? Uh, I'm bullish on you guys. It's great to meet you, Dale, Mitch. Uh, we got to keep in touch. This is uh, this has been great. Um, I would obviously recommend checking out Bitcoin Magazine. Great for news, culture, content. But I uh, had the privilege of editing this book, and I think it's. Uh, needs to be read. I think it's a very important book, great follow-up to the Bitcoin standard. But I think the reason I'm recommending that today is because it covers a lot of what we talked about, the problems with the fiat world, the problems that arise out of central planning, how we can wake ourselves up and get from, as Dale said, from slavery to sovereignty. So check out the Fiat Standard by Seyfedin Amus. Go go buy, uh, I think it's seyfedin.com. Go buy mm-hmm. yourself a copy. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, down to you, Dale. Final thoughts and any recommendations? Uh, well, I feel like I've been pushing Norway so hard this episode that I uh, am afraid to repeat it. But uh, <laughs> really do get your eyes open. Follow a lot of the good Norwegians. Uh, we're going to have a space on Sunday at 9.30. It's uh, part of the BTC Global uh, initiative where they're going around the world following all these different Bitcoin communities. Um, and the time has come for Norway. I'm going to be co-hosting it with Hodlernot. Uh, so that's going to be 9.30 Central European time. So oh. I guess that's going to be uh, in the afternoon for you guys uh, over on the old, on, over on the new continent. Yeah. I did I'd get re- that a retweet. So anyway. Yeah. yeah, it looks like it's getting, uh, it's getting hot. So I hope that's an indication of, uh, of why you should be paying attention to what's awesome. going up in, under the northern lightning. Uh, awesome. see, what I, see what I did there? Solid. <laughs> uh, <so>, uh, <laughs> Solid. For content, I really want to recommend, and this is, I got to say, I recommend books every month, you know, and I run a book club on Bitcoin or whatever, but this is one book that really, really stands out to me. And even though it didn't help me that much in my journey, because I was already so far along, I think it's going to make a huge difference in this decade to a lot of people. And that is Bitcoin is Venice. Uh, Alan Farrington, Sasha Myers, and also a foreword by Alice Gladstein, by the way, if I'm not completely mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's the it's the... I would argue the first serious economic textbook on Bitcoin fit for this decade and for this century. And I'm, um, I'm really excited with the way it engages with the ideas and the problems um, that we're ahead of. It's heavy, it's dense, uh, so it, I recommend it for people who uh, like it that way, who, mm-hmm. like, it, who like it rough. Uh, but it's uh, but it's definitely worth it's worth uh, putting yourself through that you won't uh, get much more value per line anywhere else right now awesome i love it mitch you're up uh final thoughts and recommendations uh yeah it's funny i actually have a tab open on my phone on the bitcoin mag store i think to buy bitcoin is venice right now um so i'm about to buy that i'm pumped for it um yeah final thoughts if you're ever anywhere near Kansas City, definitely come by a meetup. Um, any of you guys, if you're ever around, you can speak, do what you know, you can have the stage and we'll go drink beers. Um, other than that content, um, I would say 
going back to Alan Farrington, his recent article, I finance the current thing is such a stellar takedown of mm. ESG. It is. <laughs> I love everything he writes, but that one really hit home for me. Um, so I loved that. And I've also been consuming all of the open source stage content from the Miami conference, which is on the Citadel dispatch feed and Bitcoin TV, I believe.com. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of content, but I just like go on a walk and uh, listen to it. Some of it's too technical for me, a little bit over my head, but that's, that's kind of how I learned. So, yeah, that's it. And I mean, for anybody that, that is timid about that kind of stuff, if you insert yourself into that type of content and those types of conversations, uh, over enough time, then you start to pick up things just through osmosis, right? Like you start to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I make a re recommendation based off that? Just one more, mm -hmm. uh, especially with all this uh, BIP one one nine stuff going on. Um, I've been on a renewed Tales from the Crypt kick. I think this is an excellent podcast. You should check out with Matt Odell and uh, um, no, I'm drawing a blank. Marty, Marty, Marty. Marty, Marty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a great podcast, especially for getting into discussions and things that are over your head <laughs> uh you guys just did a fantastic podcast that really helped me get a better understanding of Jer jeremy rubin's proposal and what's going on there uh so thank you for that what was the title i don't know if there's a title to the episode but you had um uh aaron van Weer aaron van Weerdum and pete rizzo yeah and that was yeah. a great talk so um yeah, thank you guys for for putting that out. That um, Q was on there and asking some good uh, low level questions that I needed answered. So it was great. Excellent, awesome. Yeah, and and anybody listening, uh, go check it out. Uh, that one's just on the Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, is is it on the YouTube as well, or is it on the? Yeah, yeah, it's on our YouTube. Uh, it'll be under probably BIP 119 in the title, it'll be under the recent live stream. So that was yeah. maybe a day or two ago, but yeah, might've been yeah. yesterday actually. Yeah, it was, it was solid. And anybody who's kind of confused as to what the hell is going on. Um, I neglected to touch on it in the news uh, video yesterday because I just wasn't privy to exactly what was happening and I didn't want to uh, butcher it. But uh, yeah, that was a nice little breakdown, at least a, a high level overview of kind of what's happening there. So appreciated that. Um, and uh, Amateur Investors said podcast episode is the BIP 119 controversy with Pete Rizzo and Aaron Van Weirdom. Uh, so yeah, check that out. It was awesome. It was a nice, just like compact hour long uh, listen that gives an overview of, of why it's controversial. So, uh, awesome. Well, gentlemen, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. This was a great chat. Oh, uh, always love chatting with all of you guys. And, um, of course, all of you are welcome back anytime. So, uh, yeah, have a great weekend to all of you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks guys. for having us. Great to meet you guys. Cheers. Yeah. Likewise. Cheers guys. I'll cut your audio video now. Um, again, Everybody that's watching, thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. Friday is always best time of the week. I get to just chill out, hang out with Bitcoiners, chat, have you guys come and, uh, you know, have Bitcoin Magazine in the troll box. <laughs> you can't beat that. Uh, so, again, I very much appreciate all of your time. Uh, as always, like, subscribe, share. All those things help a ton. Uh, if you want to help out the show in another way, there's a few things that you could do. Um, one in particular is you can give a share to the upcoming, uh, events that I have happening in BC, namely in Vancouver and Kelowna. 
Um, basically, again, this is kind of me testing out if this is economically feasible to even do. If these are successful, then I will be going to other cities tentatively right now. I've got uh, New York um, in August if these other ones work out, but I will be uh, kind of going from there. If they do, then I'll start adding cities left, right, and center, and I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do there. But um, uh, yeah, you can just find that. Uh, I do have a pinned tweet on my Twitter account that is just a link to the events page, but you can find it on btcsessions.ca and uh, you can just click on events and you'll find it. Um, share it to any noobs, or if you wanna join in the cold card uh, deep dive and you're gonna be in Kelowna or Vancouver, uh, the dates are July 9th and July 16th. So uh, yeah, go check it out. Give it a share. That'll help huge. Uh, other than that, you can hit up the previously mentioned sponsors, ShakePay, Ledin, BitRefill, Keystone, BillFoddle. They're all down below. Or you can drop me a Bitcoin tip at my strike page, strike.me slash BTC sessions. You get there, you type in any amount you want. If you hit the tip button, you'll be greeted with a lightning invoice or if you tap to the right, a regular Bitcoin QR code. With that, I'm out. Have yourselves a wonderful day or evening, wherever you may be. I'll see you guys next time for your daily session. Huddle the